We're excited to be here today, and this is the time of the year where we all celebrate the freedom that we have and grateful for those who paid a price to, to give us that freedom. And uh, there's one thing I know about freedom, though, and, and we see this as we watch the news and we look through our social media feeds, is that freedom is both a wonderful and a terrifying thing, right? Freedom in the hands of people who are selfless, who are wise, who desire justice, who seek mercy, who follow the Lord, who seek God's wisdom. Freedom in their hands can be a wonderful thing. It can be a powerful thing that literally could change the whole framework of society. It can change the world. It has changed the world many times over. People using their freedom for great and righteous and wonderful things. But there's the other side of this, which is freedom can be a terrifying thing, right? In the hands of someone who is unqualified, who is unwise, who is foolish, who is not thinking about anyone else but themselves, who's out for gain only for themselves. Freedom in that person's hand is a terrifying thing. But isn't that the tension that we have expressed, that our founding fathers expressed that we wanted to live in, right? That not only these people over here that you think are qualified to have freedom and these people who are not, only these people get freedom? No, everybody gets freedom, right? And you're like, that's the problem with this nation. No, that's the whole reason it works, right? It's because everyone is afforded the same freedoms. And I got to thinking about what is the difference between, though, a person who uses freedom to create wonderful things and someone who uses freedom to do terrifying things? What's the difference in that person? And I think it comes down to a really base level issue, and that's called an issue of maturity. And that's really where I want to focus today. And as we go through this, I want to talk about what it looks like to have maturity in the Lord. You know, Aaron, Pastor Aaron asked this question. It was one of the first messages that, he, that I heard him preach after we had moved from Texas to Tennessee back in 2014. And he asked this question. I thought it was brilliant, uh, but it was very challenging. He said, how much more mature could you be in two months? And it sounds like a simple question, right? But implied in that question is that you can actually purposefully mature, that you can do things in your life that will help you to be more mature. And not only that, you can do it in a short time frame. Now, this is Family Sunday. Kids, you should know that just because people grow up doesn't mean, uh, grow old doesn't mean they grow up, okay? Maturity doesn't just come over time. and In fact, actually, it diminishes. And sometimes immaturity languages throughout, languishes throughout people's whole lives. So what is it that makes someone use their freedom, mature enough to use their freedom to create something wonderful? And what is it that causes us to use our freedom to create terrifying things? So I want you to think about in your mind right now, who are the people that you can think of in your life or in society or in culture who are immature? And I've got a few examples here for you. Um, this is the first uh, that you may be familiar with, Bueller, anybody? Uh, all right, how about this next one? This is Beavis, and since it's Family, fun, family Sunday, it's uh, Beavis and his friend. Uh, uh, this guy, anybody Friends fans? Uh, a little bit of immaturity here. And uh, How about these guys? This is uh, not smart and not smarter, okay? 
How about these two? Just pick one. You know, one on the left, one on the right. You know, a little bit of immaturity there. This girl, whatever happened to Hannah Montana? <laughs> More in the loss of Hannah. All right. Uh, and this guy, a little bit. <laughs> and just to be fair, just to be fair, uh, just on the other side here. Listen, this is not, this is not to be an indictment of, of anyone's overall character, but we all have areas of immaturity, right? We all have areas. And I, I, would, I would say before you cast judgment on somebody uh, like the last two folks that were shown there, uh, what if every word you said was recorded on video? What if you stood on a stage and, and every thought that you had, every belief that you had was criticized and, and thought through and picked apart by every person on television? I wonder if you might look foolish too. I know I would. So before we pass that judgment, uh, we all have areas of immaturity. Kids, I want you to know that your parents are immature people. Okay? Amen? Oh, okay. Got an amen. All right. All right. <laughs> Boy, you're going to pay for that later. <laughs> uh, listen, I know, have you ever been to the ballpark with your parents? Of course you have. But most of the time you're on the field and you're lucky. Okay? Because... And maybe you've been embarrassed by your parents at the ballpark. I want to apologize for all parents in the world who, who sit at the ballpark and embarrass their children. Here's what happens in the stands while you're out there playing your game, right? Your parents are like, run, 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 go, 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 get it. If he don't run faster, I'm going to come out there and I'm, right? Or if he don't stop picking those flowers or, hey, Blue, come on, man, come on. You need to get your eyes checked, Blue, come on, Right? Or how about, if he wasn't the coach's son, he wouldn't even be in this league. I'll tell you what. <laughs> or there, we had our first experience with baseball in Goodlettsville this past uh, year. It felt like a year. It was a long season. <laughs> okay. Uh, we had a lot of fun, but uh, there was a team that had shakers, right? That team, right? And I felt in my, I, I even said, Did you, if they shake those things one more time, I'm going to go stomp on them right now. Every one of them, you know. Or how about this? Hey, babe, while you're up, will you go get me a corn dog and a cherry icy? And oh, oh yeah, if they got big league chew, get some for me too, right? And then kids, what happens when you come up after the game and they, you ask them, hey, mom, can I have a corn dog and an icy? Oh, that stuff's junk. It'll rot your teeth. Don't do it, right? Your parents have some immaturity, right? But kids, hey, you guys, you should know that you are immature as well. You're welcome to amen, parents, if you'd like. Uh, a few months ago, we, we started having our sons help us, and they're in the room tonight, today. But we started having our sons help us wash the dishes. And um, here's how it goes. You parents know the script, right? Hey, buddies, will you, uh, will you guys come and help Daddy with something? Sure, sure, what do you want, Daddy? Hey, can you help? I need your help washing the dishes. Ah! <laughs> I'm playing, Daddy. Okay, I understand. We're washing the dishes. I, I, it's just going to take a few minutes. But, Daddy, I don't want to wash the dishes. I know you don't want to wash the dishes, but as part of this household, we all need, right? You know it, right? As part of this household, we all need to pull our weight. Come on. But, Daddy, I just want to keep playing. Yes, I want to keep playing, too. All right? Okay, kids. A little bit of maturity there. But listen, we all have areas of immaturity in our life. Kids, I, I do want to just, just bust this myth for you. There's a, there's a quote that maybe you've heard, and it's, if you do what you love, you won't work a day in your life. 
That's so true, isn't it? No, it's not. It's a lie, okay? <laughs> if you do what you love, you will work harder. Than, and you will want to work harder at the things that you do. There will always be things to work hard on. Do you think an athlete, they're doing what they love? They don't feel like they've worked a day in their life. No, they're out there sweating it out. What about the people that like to climb mountains? Anybody, anybody ever climbed up a steep hill? Huh? Yes, it's work, okay? It's work. It takes work to do what you love. That's just a little free thing for you kids, uh, uh, adults. Um, but here's the thing. Unfortunately, immaturity is not always funny. And it's not always that simple, right? It's not always, well, Donald Trump, he's immature. Well, it's, it's not always a black and white thing, right? It's, in reality, immaturity is a very costly thing. Immaturity wrecks marriages. Immaturity creates these developmental, long-lasting issues in kids. And as they grow up into adulthood, they carry that with them. Immaturity kills people. Immaturity ruins the lives of people that we love. Immaturity destroys great work. It destroys years of solid reputations in one moment, right? And immaturity, you should know, is not a new thing. In fact, if you read the Bible... There's probably not a pace that goes by without dealing with the immature state of humanity, right? There are mistakes. There are things that people have done in anger. There are all these things. And I want to go to James chapter 4 together. And I want to read this. I'm going to read you out of the message because I feel like um, it's, a, it's a great, it says it in a great way. And the kids, it's easier for the kids to understand. But it says this in James chapter 4. Where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from. Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have and you're willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and you will risk violence to get your hands on it. You wouldn't think of just asking God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd be asking for what you have no right to. You're spoiled children each one in your own way. You're cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies with God and his way. And do you suppose God doesn't care? The proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover and what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. God gives grace to the willing humble. We'll skip down to verse 13. And now I have a word for you who brashly announced today at the latest tomorrow, we're off to such and such a city for a year. We're going to start a business and make a lot of money. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow. You're nothing but a wisp of fog, catching a brief bit of sun before disappearing. Instead, make it a habit to say, if the master wills it and we're still alive, we'll do this or that. As it is, you are full of your grandiose selves. All such vaunting self-importance is evil. In fact, you know the, if you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, that for you is evil. Immaturity is not a new thing, right? We all have areas in which we need to grow, but it's these areas in our lives, and this is what I want to focus on today, the areas in our lives in which we refuse to address immaturity 
that can wreak habit, havoc, that can create terrible things. And make no mistake, this is what I want you to just come away with clearly, that everyone around you pays the price for your unaddressed immaturity. Everyone around you. Have you ever been getting off uh, the exit there at Vietnam Veterans on 65, right? And there's two lanes, and then there's four lanes over here. And somebody in the far left lane, like at the very last minute, goes, like right in front of you and, and goes over onto Vietnam vets. Anybody ever seen that happen? Anybody ever done that? Please don't raise your hand. All right. Everyone looks at them in disdain, right? What was that person doing? They were making a very immature choice because they're rocking on down Vietnam vets. They're listening to Bon Jovi. And they're like, got their window down. And unbeknownst to them, behind them, they have left a sea of carnage. They have left a 10-car pileup and people's lives all messed up for the next six months, for the next two years, three years, whatever's happened. And they're just enjoying the ride. Guys, you cannot be deceived. Your unaddressed immaturity wreaks havoc on the people around you. And you may, listen, if I want to show you where to find it in your life. The areas where you say, oh, well, this is just who I am. Well, it's just how I've always been. And if you don't like it, well, then you got to deal with it. Listen, that right there, that's the place you need to pay attention to. That is the place that's wrecking your relationship with your wife. That's the place that's wrecking your reputation in your company. That's it right there. Unaddressed immaturity. And don't be deceived. Don't just think that it's isolated within you and you can handle it. It's destroying. It's leaving a wake of destruction behind you. Stop doing it. Unaddressed immaturity is costly, and it's not just costly to you. It's costly to everyone around you. Adults, it's never too late to address immaturity. Never too late. I don't care if you're 75, 80 years old in this room. It's never too late to address the area of immaturity. And there is one. Listen, none of us are perfect. At the end of our days, in the most mature state that we have in our lives, what we'll attain, we are still have areas of immaturity in our lives, areas that we need to grow in. And kids, you need to know this, that it's never too early to start addressing areas of immaturity. It's never too early to start growing up. And I don't mean growing up not having fun as a kid, but growing up in wisdom. Growing up and making better decisions. Because there are two types of immaturity. Two types of prideful immaturity, and that is this. One is developmental, and two is prideful. Now, developmental immaturity is something that we all go through. It's called adolescence. It's called being a toddler and mine, 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 right? It starts there, and then it keeps going. But at some point, we reach a place where we should have developed out of it, but we're still in it right? So developmental maturity is about just growing up. It's about being a 16-year-old and thinking you can drive your car really fast and really and be the, a race car driver on the road. And then you have a wreck. And by God's grace, he saves your life. And the next time you get in the car, you drive a lot slower, right? Hopefully. <laughs> uh, if you mature, you drive a lot slower. You look around. You, take, you look twice when you're about to turn. That's what developmental maturity is, right? We are all, we've all passed through that place. And many of you in this place are in that place. 
But then there is prideful immaturity. And prideful immaturity is what happens when we should have developed, but our pride has kept us from doing so. Those areas in our lives that carry throughout our 30s, our 40s, everybody's, everybody knows that person, right? That just never grew up. There's one in every crowd, right? And maybe people look at you and say that, right? I don't know. But just because someone grows older doesn't mean they grow up. And, and this is how immaturity creeps into our lives. And this is where I want to really break down what it means to follow and walk with the Lord in maturity, in maturity. So Isaiah 55 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And here's a simple definition of pride for us today. Pride is this, making decisions as though my thoughts are higher than God's thoughts and my ways are higher than his ways. This is the base level of sin in our lives. This is the base level of struggle that we have as, a human, as humans relating to God. This is what happened in the garden. Satan caused Adam and Eve to question whether God's ways were higher than their ways or his thoughts were higher than their thoughts. And they thought, you know what? Maybe I will eat this fruit. Maybe my thoughts are higher than God's. Or maybe if I eat this fruit, they will be as high as it. Maybe. And when we get it mixed up, we're full of prideful immaturity. And we look at the situation and we say, God, I can do that better. And there are four signs of immaturity. These are not all the signs, but these are the major signs that feel like flare up in our lives. Number one is arrogance. When we're on the highway of life and we're moving ahead of God, we say, God, I'll see you later. I got this. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it my own way, right? I, I, I've, got, I've got some thoughts about where I want to go in life, and you can just catch up when you, when you get there, right? Arrogance. How about Ignorance. Failing to hear, heed the warning signs. This is what Proverbs, the proverbial fool is. As a dog returns to its vomit, so, one man, so a fool repeats his folly, right? Just over and over again, cycles of bad decisions. That's a sign, that's a way that prideful immaturity manifests itself in our lives. Number three is defiance. This is deliberate disobedience. Saying, God, I see you going right, I'm going left. Prideful immaturity. We see this in the story of Jonah. My kids and I, uh, we, uh, my wife and I read this book to our kids. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Anybody have that? I would just highly recommend that to any of you with parents with young kids or parents without kids. <laughs> that wouldn't work, right? Uh, adults, it's such a great way of just breaking apart the stories in Scripture. And there's a story in there of Jonah and how God has called him to go to Nineveh to preach to them and to tell them about his mercy, to, help, to tell them to repent and to walk with him. And what does Jonah say? No way, not going to go. And in, this, in the Jesus Storybook Bible, it says it so well. It says, Jonah says, one ticket to not Nineveh, please. Right? How many of us in our lives are just going, one ticket to not where you're going, God. One ticket to wherever you say I go, I go the opposite way. And it's the fork in the road, and you're going left. It's defiance. It's prideful immaturity, though, guys. And this fourth one is a, 
maybe won't seem like it at first, but low self-confidence, I believe, is a sign oftentimes of prideful immaturity. And what I mean is that, let's go back to that definition of pride, thinking your thoughts are higher than God's thoughts. Your ways are higher than God's ways. And I would say even if your thoughts about yourself are much lower than his thoughts about you. If you are making your decisions based upon the fact that you, well, I'm just not qualified. I'm not good enough. God, I know you want me to do that, but I just can't. I don't have the ability. I can't, I can't, I won't, whatever. That's pride. That's pride too. You may feel like, well, I'm broken. I don't have any pride. Yes, you do. That lack of self-confidence in you is telling God that my thoughts about me are higher than yours and I'm going to act upon them instead of say, you told me that I could. You told me, yes, go. You told me, I will take care of you. You told me, I will provide for you. You told me, but I don't believe that, God. I wanna, I'm going to sit here in my own pride and believe what I think about myself, even if it's less than what you think of me. Moses struggled with this. Moses said, God, I know you're calling me to go set the people of Israel free, but I can't talk very good. Don't you know, God, I can't talk so good. And he hesitated. And Gideon, a young man who was, he said himself, well, my tribe in Israel is the least of the tribes. And then my family is the least in that tribe. And then I'm actually the least of my family in the least of my tribe. You know, he said, I'm the lowest of the low. How could you pick me, God? And what if somebody like Gideon, who turned out to be used by God in a mighty way, would have wallowed in in low self-confidence, in his prideful immaturity and said, God, I know what you say about me. I know what you're calling me to do, but I can't do it. But great things happen because Gideon decided to go. Great things happen because Moses decided to believe God's ways were higher than his ways and his thoughts about him were higher than his thoughts. So the question for us today is really, what is the antidote for this immaturity? How can we move past these areas of immaturity in our life and grow into full, well-formed maturity? Let's read in Romans 12. I love this scripture. It's one of my favorite in the whole Bible. It says this, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you develops well-formed maturity in you. How many of you want to see God bring out the best in you? How many of you want to fulfill the dream that God had in his heart when he knit you in, in your mother's womb, when he created you, when he thought you up, he had plans for you? How many of you want to fulfill that? I hope you do. And the path towards that is for him to develop well-formed maturity in you. And what's the antidote for immaturity? It's surrender. Surrender is the antidote for immaturity. And when it comes to following God's will, I think we've got it a little bit mixed up. We think about God's will in the big turns, in the big things, in the big decisions. 
We're thinking, oh, I've got to, what, what, I'm following you, God, on this highway and I've got to know what my exit is. Or I've got to know at this split which way to go. And what does God say? Don't just surrender to me in the moment when there's a big decision. He says, God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Surrender your everyday. Because surrender to the Lord, doing God's will is about the road beneath your feet. It's not about the exit up ahead. It's not about, God, what are you going to do in my life in five years? It's about right now. And if surrender is not about right now, and if we don't surrender to the Lord right now, it doesn't matter what happens in the future. God is concerned with what we are doing today to take our every day, to take our coming and going, our going going to eat, our work, all those things, and, and putting them in surrender to the Lord. That's how we develop maturity over time. Surrendering every day, God develops well-formed maturity in us. And here are three things that I know about obeying God's will that we need to, uh, that we have to get straight in order to obey him fully. All right, and I want to give you these. There was a coloring page back there for you kids that I made. It's uh, God's will, God's way, do not delay. Three parts of obeying the Lord doing his will. First is that you have to do God's will. Back in James, in that scripture we were reading, he was talking about how you're selfish. We're all selfish. We're just wanting our own way. We even steal and kill to get it. We're so committed to having what we want that we can't even ask God for it because we know if we asked him for it, we'd be, we know that we'd be asking with the wrong motives. Are you willing to do God's will and not your own? That's the question you have to ask. A mature person in the Lord says, yes, God, I'm willing to do your will. But there's a second piece to this, which is, God, I'm willing to do your will your way. God's will, God's way. Because many times we can be willing to do God's will, but we still in our pride want to do it our way, right? God, I'm going to go talk to that person, but I'm going to do it in my way. I know you want me to go and reconcile that relationship, but I'm going in with guns blazing. If I'm going to talk, we're going to, have a, we're going to have a showdown here, right? No, God's will, God's way. There's a story in the Bible of Moses who struck the rock. God instructed him to strike a rock and the water would flow out and, and give water to the people of Israel. And so he struck the rock and God miraculously made water flow. The next time it came, God said, hey, I want you to speak to the rock. And Moses, being frustrated by the people who were whining and complaining, got, got angry and he struck the rock. And God made the water flow still. But Moses missed out on the promised land because he decided to do God's will, but he didn't do it God's way. There were consequences for that. And the last thing is this, do not delay. When I was going on mission trips when I was younger in, uh, in high school, our youth pastor had a thing that he would do. John McKenzie, some of you may know him, but he had this bullhorn, okay? How do you wrangle 50 or 60 teenagers at a convenience store in the middle of nowhere, Kansas? What do you do? Uh, you grab the bullhorn and he would say, five minutes, do not delay, you know? And it was just like so obnoxious as a kid, but I totally used it when I was a youth pastor, right? <laughs> do not delay. 
make your final selections. You know, it's, you know, the bullhorn sound is just annoying anyway, right? So anyway, he had to do it. Why? Because teenagers would have sat in that candy aisle at that convenience store deliberating over, should I get the Laffy Taffy or the Smarties or all of them, right? Probably all of them, yep. And they would sit there for 10 minutes. They'd sit there for an hour if you let them. Do not delay. And that voice rings in my head, unfortunately. But do not delay. Because you have to know that delayed obedience to the Lord's call is often equal to disobedience. And sometimes the Lord grace gives us grace. And we're delayed in our obedience and we come anyway and we say, God, I surrender. I'm sorry. I wanted to do your will. I wanted to do it your way. But I was delaying because I was afraid. God, and God graces us. But sometimes... We want to do God's will and we want to do it his way, but we're too late. We're delayed and we miss the opportunity. I want to go back to James 4 real quick. He says this, so let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious. Get really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way that you'll get on your feet. And guys, is our world not crazy right now? Is it not? There are, there are people who are taking freedom and doing terrible things. And God is calling us as a church to get serious. He's calling you as a Christ follower to get serious because he needs people who are going to take freedom and do wonderful things. He needs people who are going to stand up in maturity and walk in his ways and walk with his wisdom and do things that are going to bring hope and not despair that are going to bring restoration and not destruction. And that comes from the simple choices that we make every day to surrender our lives to Jesus. And if you want to be used by the Lord, you have to address the areas of immaturity in your life. And like I said, kids, from your age on up to the oldest person in this room, we all have places where we can grow pray that the Lord will reveal to us the places of immaturity in our lives. Because sometimes they're blind spots, right? God, reveal it to us. Let us see it. And here's what I know about the Lord's will. And I'll leave you with the, this final encouragement. Is that sometimes we feel like we're afraid that we're going to, we don't know God's will and we're afraid we're going we're gonna to miss it. But here's the way to guarantee to know God's will in any situation. Be close to him. Stay close to him. My wife and I were coming back with our, with our family from Chattanooga, uh, from the Chattanooga area. We were leading worship at a camp. We were coming back and she said, hey, I'll follow you. Anybody ever said they'd follow you and then they're like gradually getting farther and farther behind? I'm not saying she did this. I'm just saying hypothetically... You're like, come on. I'm like, you're a mile behind me and I can't, I can't, I can't show you where I'm going to turn if you don't kind of catch up to me, right? If you, are not, you won't know where God is going if you are not near to him. 
If you want to be in the place where you are maturing and growing, if you want to be in the place where you know God's will for your life, where you're walking with him step by step, be near to him, follow his bumper, attach yourself to him, and he will take you where he wants you to go. God, where do I go, right or the left? Be near to him. Be near to him. Draw near to him. And he will draw near to you. I want to pray this scripture over you. But first I want to ask you this question. Where are the areas of unaddressed immaturity in your life? That's the question you need to be asking yourself. That's the question you need to be asking trusted friends, your spouse, people in your life that will not just say yes to you that won't just blow smoke at you. You need people in your life that will get serious with you, that will look you in the eyes, that have, have the permission from you to look you in the eyes and say, get serious, snap out of it. Come on, there's work to be done here. Stop fooling around. You're gonna mess it up. You need to give people permission in your life to do that. The right people, not everybody, right? But the right people in your life, you need people. If you surround yourself, by just yes people and people that just sing your praises and pat you on the back and walk away, you are headed for destruction. Surround yourself with people who you have given the permission to say, wake up, get serious. Where are the areas of unaddressed immaturity in your life? That's what you need to be asking yourself. God, that's what you need to be asking God. Lord, show me, reveal it. If I'm blind to it, help me to see it. And I want to pray this scripture in Romans 12 over you. And then we're going to take communion together. You're going to just take it on your own at your leisure. But what greater way to surrender ourselves to the Lord, to, to come to a, this, mark, this marker in the road and go, God, I surrender, than to come to the table of the Lord and remember his sacrifice for you and for me. So I'm going to pray this prayer and then I'm going to give you some time to to pray on your own, come get communion and say that prayer of surrender. Ask the Lord to reveal those areas of immaturity. But I'll pray this over you. God, would you help us? Help us, Lord, to take our everyday, ordinary life, our sleeping, our eating, our going to work and our walking around life and help us to place it before you as an offering, God. God, help us to embrace what you do for us and to truly realize and believe that it's the best thing that we can do for you. God, help us to not become so well-adjusted to our culture that we fit into it without even thinking. God, help us to fix our attention on you. God, change us from the inside out. Get at us from the root, Lord. Don't just treat the symptoms. Treat the root from the inside out change us, God. Help us to recognize, God, open our eyes to see what you want from us and help us to quickly respond to it, Lord. God, don't let us be like the culture around us, always dragging people down to a level of immaturity. God, help us to, to bring people up to maturity. God, you bring out the best in us. Help us to bring out the best in others. God, and at the end of this, develop well-formed maturity in you that we may pre be presented before you a worker worthy of our calling, Lord. Develop maturity in us. Lord Jesus, don't let us languish in immaturity. Show us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. You guys.